Thank you for joining us and welcome to this edition of Liz Collin Reports, a place for truth and meaningful Minnesota conversations. On the podcast, we have Maylor Zhang in studio. She is running for Congress in Minnesota's 4th District. May, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Liz, for having me. We know that you have your eyes uh, set on taking on Betty McCollum this November. Of course, we have the, the primary uh, next week to, to get through first. But you took a big trip just last week, and that was to the U.S.-Mexico border. And we wanted to bring you in to talk about that experience. You also had some great video, um, some great pictures that we're going to share, too. But why is that a, a trip that you wanted to make, May? Well, it's a very important trip uh, because we hear a lot about you know, the border crisis. And I want to just see for myself to see what's happening down there, especially being able to uh, go and talk to uh, the locals to see what they're experiencing. Started, you know, putting up the wall and then it looks like they finish, you know, and now it's, we're like just where we begin, you know, and then people are going to see it's not finished. We have different administrations, so they might feel like, Instead of having like a couple of hundred or thousand, we're going to have a hundred thousand people coming in because we just might feel that the gates are open. And I know that there's a lot of um, uh, crimes are, you know, being committed. And um, just l- last month, they arrested two high profile uh, criminals um, uh, that came into uh, St. Paul. And so, you know, and there's just a lot of drug uh, trafficking and uh, coming to Minnesota, also human trafficking, too. So I thought it was very important for me to go down to the border to see um, some of the issues that the locals are uh, going through and especially uh, talking to border patrols. And we'll get to some of those issues here in a moment. But just to kind of get our listeners and our, our viewers up to speed, you're in Progresso, Texas is is where you were and you had your kind of your staff person as your uh, photographer there. And this is near Reynosa, Mexico. So these are people who've been experiencing some of this for years. But how bad is it? Well, it is pretty bad. Um, you know, talking to the locals, they're very scared, uh, you know, because a lot of times illegals uh, coming and go, uh, go into their uh, private properties. Like a friend of mine lives vandalizing their properties especially like destroying their cars uh, and to hide in, inside the car um, or um, you know break their uh, fences. It's just a lot of vandalism down there. And uh, these are things that they have to use their own money to fix after these vandalism. And you also had a pretty candid conversation with a Border Patrol agent while you were there, May. I'm here down at the southern border, and I just spoke to a Border Patrol, and he said that they're understaffed and it's really hard to control the border or to have enough staff to uh, apprehend illegals that are coming here on a daily basis. So I can see that there's a crisis down here because we don't have enough staff. Just like law enforcement, we don't have enough police officers to do their job and to protect our communities. It's very interesting and it's really sad that the border patrols, they don't have enough staff right now. He told me that for their boundary, there's only three of them to patrol that area and to secure that uh, that area. And so they're very lucky that they do have the local law enforcement and state troopers to um, help them when their uh, their hands are tied. 
However, when there's a few groups that are crossing over, it's very hard for them to apprehend all of them. And uh, the Border Patrol that I spoke to said that every shift, they apprehend at least 20 to 30 uh, illegals. And this so, is just among two or three officers that are there for this stretch of land. Correct. Um, and I, if you look at the videos and the pictures, you can see that there's like a huge open gap there. And it, uh, during the previous administration, they're supposed to put a tall gate. So some kind of barrier to keep them out. And that's what I think is interesting, too. You brought up the topic of the wall to everyone you spoke to. What did they say? Well, they said, you know, it's important for us to finish the wall. It, it will protect uh, all the locals there. Uh, it will um, also deter a lot of the illegals uh, trying to cross over. Because right now, with that open space, it's just, you know, it's very easy to access uh, and cross over to, the, uh, to our side. And you can see for yourself these gaping holes. You're sort of walking along and you can easily see how someone's allowed to enter. Right. So we saw a lot of construction materials for the walls that are just left there uh, since the uh, administration now has put a halt to finishing the wall. And you also had a candid conversation with folks about Title 42. Yes. So they said that when uh, Title 42 was in place, it really helped the uh, borders and it also helped, uh, you know, to stop at least to slow down the illegals uh, crossing over. But now that that has been lifted, you know, there's just a lot of people coming over. So going back to that, then, uh, solutions, if you are elected uh, in November to serve in dis- District 4, what would you do in, in Congress to-, to try to relieve the situation down south? Well, I think that we really need to, uh, you know, think about putting in more border patrols. And uh, definitely uh, F- Title 42, we need to reinstate that. That's very important. I, and I felt like the locals thought that that was very, uh, uh, that helped them a lot. And, and so let's reinstate that for them. It's, it's for their safety and it's, it's for uh, the safety of our country. And you brought this up at the beginning, May, about maybe this seems like this is, you know, thousands of miles uh, from us in Minnesota. But for, from the numbers we could find, it's about 100,000 illegal immigrants. 50 percent um, are from Mexico in Minnesota. But when you're talking about uh, fentanyl coming across the border, you're saying sex trafficking. These are these are concerns we all should have in this state, you believe. Oh, absolutely. Because we know that, you know, those are some of the things that are impacting our uh, communities and families in Minnesota here. And so even though the, the southern border is not as far away from us, it's still the, the issues are also impacting our communities. And we have to, you know, do something about it. And we know that, you know, Title 42 will uh, help with that, slow down illegal immigrants. Uh, and also help with uh, border patrols. What's interesting here is your own story. Your mom fled communist rule while she was pregnant with you. The the story is really remarkable, Um, basically fighting for survival in that trip. Your sister, your older sister, I know, um, lost her life uh, doing so. So when people say to you, well, how can you um, have the outlook you do at the southern border with your own personal experience, what do you say? I think that if they follow the process, you know, they can be part of uh, the American uh, economic growth and, uh, you know, having better opportunities versus coming here illegally. Um, even, you know, all the interviews that I, you know, uh, talked to the, the locals, they're all, uh, you know, from Mexico, but they came here legally and they don't like how the illegals are coming here um, and they want them to follow uh, our uh, 
you know, immigration policy, follow the process, because it's not fair for this, uh, the ones that are trying to get to this country and using our, uh, you know, immigration policy and they're, you know, going through the process. They have to wait, uh, you know, a long time to get accepted. And so it's not fair for them. Even your personal story, it was eight years before you, you came um, to, to Minnesota. Right. We, we did. We have to go through the process um, of uh, getting our, uh, you know, legal uh, paperwork to get to this country. And so it, it is not, you know, an easy process. But I think that uh, when I get into office, I think that it's something that worth looking at is the immigration policy to really help with these immigrants who wants to come to this country. What I'm struck by is your family's commitment to service. Your father uh, served in the military. You have two sons in the military. What was it for you that made you want to uh, hopefully serve in this way? Even with a school closing, uh, it was Im impacting a lot of my students, especially, uh, you know, students of color and students who are trying to learn English. Uh, and I had to go from home to home to help uh, the, the parents to navigate their iPads so they could be online and uh, do their homework. And I also remember that uh, my daughter, she, she was 16 at that time, she works at Cut Foods. And I dropped her off. And then maybe 30 minutes later, she called me and say, Mom, come pick me up right now. They're boarding up uh, the store. You know, they heard that uh, writers and looters are coming here. And it's like they're like uh, maybe... 15, 20 minutes away, I had to rush back and pick her up. And it was very, very scary. It was a very scary phone call for as a mother. And so just thinking back, you know, my uh, my son was a National Guard. He he was out there, you know, trying to protect Minnesota. And then my youngest son was, uh, in, you know, stationed in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. um, protecting the world. And I thought, well, what can their mom do? Because I can't just sit here and wait for a miracle. And so I can't protect America. And so that's when I decided that I want to run uh, for Congress to help pass policies and make good decisions in Washington, D.C. for uh, my constituents in uh, CD4. And talking about your constituents a little bit more, May, the Twin Cities metro area is home to the largest concentration of Hmong in America. And I follow you on social media and you are really in, involved in, in the community, taking these conversations, having these difficult conversations um, with your community. I'm kind of wondering their top concerns. I mean, I know you mentioned um, some lockdowns and such, but what do you hear from small business owners in that community, students, teachers in that community? So I spoke not to just the Hmong community, but the Karen, the Somali, the Black, the Latino, all these communities. And every single time, it's safety. Crime is on the rise, and they're scared. And so this is, you know, something that I also see with my own eyes uh, and uh, have a lot of families that are experiencing, um, you know, uh, vandalism, uh, you know, car theft, and, well, you know, you name it, and, and St. Paul here. So District 4 covers nearly all of Ramsey County, part of Washington County, all of St. Paul, of course, and most of its suburbs. But the DFL has held that seat now since 1949. Do you think it, it can be, be different now? And, and, and how so? Yep. I believe it's 1944. So I've been telling people, you know what? They've been in this seat longer than the Hmong have been in this country. And we haven't really seen any changes, especially the last uh, 20 years with Betty McCollum being the seat. We, you know, she hasn't really made any uh, impact or difference. This is a time where we need a leader who's going to be vocal, who is going to, 
you know, really uh, speak for the people and uh, make a difference in the district. And we did reach out to Betty McCollum's campaign for her take on the border. We wanted to know why she hasn't made a recent trip there or ask if she intends to do so. Uh, we also wanted to know her take on President Biden's kind of quiet um, finishing of the, the border around Yuma, Arizona. And just want to let our listeners know uh, that we did not hear back. But that was something you also wanted to point out, that this administration has kind of toggled back and forth on this issue. And some of this uh, some of this wall is now being constructed. Right. The Betty Biden administration, they're more concerned about the Ukraine uh, borders versus the border in America. Well, we certainly wish you wish you luck and thank you f- so much for, for coming in today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Again, May Lor Zhang. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify or any other podcast platform. We will see you next time.